Welcome to today's podcast. The title is Free or Cheap Marketing Strategies. I'm Louise. This is Diane. Hi. And we're back again for another podcast. Um, this has been a really hot topic with the economy changing. People are suddenly getting interested in marketing again, aren't they? Yeah, it's been it's been strange because so so long people have said, oh, I've, I've got too many customers, I've got a waiting list, I'm not doing any marketing. And I've always kind of said that's a little bit of a mistake because you can't always turn marketing on and off quickly. However, it is what it is. And, and I think it's also getting in some areas a little bit easier to recruit. So there's that balance, isn't there? We've maybe got more team members. We've got some clients that are maybe cutting down or cancelling altogether. So yeah, all of a sudden we need some marketing. So on the theme of our beat the cost of living crisis, we're going to talk about some free or at least very cheap ones, aren't we? Yeah. And I think this is going to get really interesting because there are some people out there that launched during COVID. A lot of people, their businesses have boomed. The speed at which they've grown to eight, nine, 10 staff is amazing, but they haven't had to market yet. Welcome to our world. And you're going to be learning these skills very fast. So these are the best tips over the last decade. But they get updated constantly. And the marketing that we're doing now is different to marketing two years ago. It changes fast, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're doing a masterclass on this next week, aren't we, Louise, um, where we're actually going to talk in really in depth about different marketing strategies, which ones really work. We're going to keep focused on free and cheap ones because there's so many of them out there, but there will be some other ones in there as well. But we thought we'd um, sort of share a few of our favourites on our podcast today. When we say our favourites, well, one of your first ones, we actually disagree slightly on this one. So Canva, you absolutely, I've got to say, I can see the power of Canva. So for those that don't know, Canva, how would you describe it? It's a design software, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's an online design software. It kind of makes design simple for non-designers, um, I suppose. And I think that's why I really like it. Now, there is a free version. Um, it's limited, but it's there is a free version. There's also a paid version, which is cheap. So it kind of fits into both categories. But if you've not discovered it yet, then go to canva.com. It's, you know, you will love it. I guarantee it. Um, but it will it will just help you sort of make better marketing pieces. It'll help you design things better. You can design logos on there. There's just so much you can do for a non-designer, if that makes sense. And when we say non-designer, uh, my daughter start you, started using it age seven. Oh, she was producing her own videos. I mean, they were about sweets and her pets, but whatever. It's okay. But she was loving it. She was like, can I put music to it? I was like, yes, you can. Here you go. So um, it's lovely. And what's interesting is a lot of the really good posts that I see across Instagram and um, Facebook, You, I know that these people are using Canva. They are all using the same one because the next step up from Canva, if you're a good designer, you're starting to use like the Adobe suite. And that is seriously expensive, a whole different load of skills and techniques. So really... It is Canva, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, the, the, the next ones up, they're not just expensive. They're a massive learning curve for you as well. Whereas Canva is just so easy to use once you get your head around it. And and yeah, it's not just pictures. There's video in there. And yeah, it's a, a really useful tool for your marketing. And like I say, free version or there's a very cheap version. I think it's about seven or eight pound a month um, if you go for the pro version. 
And the benefit of Canva compared to a lot of others, because you can get editing software. I know on my phone, um, Apple do a great range of pretty much free ones. Um, Canva gives you a load of what you call them royalty free pictures and images. And that's the real that's what I use it for, because otherwise you're if you try and buy them from an image, a stock image place, it's £20 for 10 images. And you're going, I can't justify that. Whereas Canva, you pay your $7.99 or whatever it is. And unlimited images and you can put text over it and it's easy and you know you swap for a few and you can upload your own it's just simple but I've got to say so I've heard some people use it on their phone I've found it's always the computer for me yeah I think most anything that's complicated I think it's always got to be a a laptop or a desktop Um, trying to do complicated things on your phone is not always the speediest option is it so yeah I, I tend to go on the computer if I want to do anything like design anything so I can't see properly on my phone anyway but then you can have the app on your phone take the Absolutely. images off the app and then straight post them on your social media yeah because you can't post on your social media as well from your computer so exactly yeah so yeah so Canva is our first tip really isn't it and um, have a look if you've not tried it have a look at it if you love it then tell us about it in the comments on the podcast that'd be really cool and just one other one with Canva um if you've got an office or if you are sending out a little bit of training for the staff you can do presentations in canva download them as a video and they can just go out on whatsapp or however you communicate with your staff so that's really good from canva yeah yeah and i do all our presentations in in canva now i've always done them in powerpoint i tend to then and add them into PowerPoint because I can do some animations and things like that but they always start off in the design stage in canva and then get downloaded well, I was the same as you. I just moved it into PowerPoint. Now I leave it in Canva because everything that you can do in PowerPoint, Canva over the last couple of years has become more and more yeah. powerful and you can do animation. It's getting better and better, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's getting more and more okay. expensive, but it gets better and better. Anyway, go on, sorry. Yeah. So first tip, that's Canva. Okay, so second one um, is um, have a website, basic website. You know, you need something that tells everybody that you're there. Now, this is one that's really up for debate. And I talk to a lot of new businesses and they don't have websites and they're booming. You know, they've got 100 customers. They've never had a website. They don't really see a need for it. And I can understand that if you are really, really strong on social media or anything else, you don't you can get away with not having a website. But right. And this is the big but you talk to any of the bigger cleaning businesses and they don't do social media because their website is so powerful. All their work comes in off the website with no effort. And they're like, you lot fight over social media. We'll just sit back and take all the work. Thank you very much. So, I mean, do you need it? No. But if you've got one and it's performing well, and that's the thing. A website is a commitment at the start. You have to do, you have to get it found on Google. You have to get it seen. If you are not top of the Google, then really you're right. There's no point in having a website. So a website's a commitment. But oh gosh, I love it. Yeah. And and I think that one thing about the difference between a website and a Facebook page as an example is that when people are on social media, they're browsing. So they might come across something by accident. They tend not to be, they are sometimes searching, but usually they're just browsing and things pop up. Whereas when somebody finds your business on Google, they've usually put in cleaning business in your area. They are serious about finding a cleaner. They've not come across you by accident. They've not been browsing Google and just randomly going to websites. They've put in something to the search engine, which has helped them find you. So they tend to be 
customers ready to buy. Whereas on Facebook or other social media, it's more about brand awareness. Often you can convert on there, but sometimes it's more about them accidentally finding you or checking you out. But a website, once they're there, you should be able to convert them. And the other thing is when when you compare it to social media, if they found you on social media, they probably found 20 other companies on social media. And like, I mean, I do perform well on social media and I know how to do well, but I'd rather not put the effort in. And whereas when they hit your website, really in my area, there's probably only four or five that I'm competing against. I've got 50 to 100 social media. Every man and dog got a, a Facebook profile. So it makes you stand out. It makes you better and and it's just it's just lazy, isn't it? Is it lazy? It's not lazy. It's really efficient marketing. Yeah, it's, it's and that marketing should be efficient. It needs to be hitting your target market, and your target market is people who are searching for a cleaner. So you need to be, you know, have a website that is on Google. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it doesn't need to be massively expensive, especially if you're starting out. You know, I remember when I first started my cleaning business, talking to marketing companies that were going to build me this amazing website and do all my branding and everything. And even back 14 years ago, that was like three and a half thousand pounds they were quoting me. And I was just like, whoa. And so I can understand why people think that's how much it has to cost right from the beginning. My first website, I did it myself with a template and it served my business really well for five years. We grew and we grew. We were VAT registered in the first year, you know, so our website served us really well and it it looked good, but it was a template. Can we give a caveat here, Diane? Yeah. You actually have a degree in computing, don't you? Like, so when we say I did a website, it was really easy. No, no, I, I used mean, a template. So there was no coding involved. It was simply me writing what I wanted on it and putting some pictures on. So actually, no, it was a template that I used. I didn't I didn't do my own coding. So it was a basic business website. And it worked really well for us for five years. It's only after five years that I decided it was time to change and have a, a you know, a a professionally designed one but my other one served the business really well for a long time and for me after five years I mean we're in a different world now five years after creating my website I needed a mobile optimized website yes absolutely yeah I mean that wasn't a consideration when my first website was written and then we need mobile optimized and then my third iteration of the website um I wanted something else I wanted it to perform better on um like search engine optimization. I wanted it higher up Google and I needed some back-end changes improved. So yeah, three websites later, but the first one looks-wise was just as good, but you've got to change with the times as well. And yeah. I think the templates on WordPress are really good because they do update and it means that you're not having to pay to update it every two years. So yeah. The Absolutely. And and the good thing about, you know, having a website is you can change it and you can, you know, make it optimized for mobiles. You know, you need to future proof your website. So whatever you use, make sure you've got the ability to change it. And you've mentioned WordPress there. It's it's, it's a bit of a learning curve is WordPress, perhaps for a beginner. Um, yeah. But it's it's a good option for being able to change it in the future. But to just get a placeholder, there are there are some good template options out there as well. Yeah, Wix, GoDaddy, Google it. They do sucker you in, though. So it's like, yeah. oh, 20 pounds for the first year and we'll buy your domain. And then the second year, it's 300 pounds. You go, what, what? Like, I would yeah. be better paying someone to give me a WordPress one than so. Yeah, be careful of the long term ones. And this is the same with hosting as well, isn't it? So the website has a few hidden costs. So you have to have you have to buy the domain, which is your um 
what is it your website address yeah um and buy that before you even worry about where you go to design it and do not announce what your company is going to be called till you've bought that website because yeah, people have fallen foul of that haven't they where they've come up with a great business name and then somebody else buys the domain before they can uh yeah and while you're it. at it check that the uh, company name's available on company's house so just check you've got it all yeah um, so would you, I don't think, so website, does it come under free or cheap or is it just one of the most effective ones long term? I think it can be really, really cheap if you use your first year promotion of like GoDaddy, let's say. Um, and you can pretty much last the first year on 50 quid. Now, well, by that point, it's performing so well for you, you can probably justify what you do next. Yeah. So I would say pound for pound, you you will get more out of your website and search engine optimization than you will out of anything else. But a lot of cleaning businesses are, I'm not going to say not charging enough, but could deal with some higher profit margins, um, haven't got the budget to spend on this. So website, I can see why it's not top of their list. But if you want to grow, it has to be top of your list. Yeah. And I, uh, when we measured, uh, when I last measured, which was a few months ago, 60% of our new clients still come via Google, oh, which, means, which means they come via the website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So ours don't come via Facebook or anything else. So it's either website or word of mouth. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only two ways really to, yeah. to do it. Okay. So one thing that is free but maybe not free in terms of time, is having a Facebook page. And Louise and I have different little, as always, we have slightly different views on Facebook pages. I think it's essential for a business um, and it's free. But there are some caveats on that for me. How, what, what are your thoughts on Facebook pages, Louise? Well, this is similar in a way to my thoughts on a website. A Facebook page is only good if people find it. So I've got a Facebook pages that probably have never been seen because I've never shared it with anyone. So um, I I keep my Facebook page updated at the moment. It's once a week. If I'm honest, it probably hadn't been updated for three months before that. But if I wanted to get working, I would, of course, keep it updated and I would be sharing that. So for me, it's a window. Um, that it's very, a lot of people really thrive off it. But I think it's either Facebook page or Instagram. You know, Instagram couldn't is the same as a Facebook page, and I think yeah. you do need to cover both bases on this. Yeah, you no, I, a Facebook I agree. Page, don't you? Well, I, I no, not necessarily. I think I think it's just knowing what it's for. So for me, social media of any kind is often more about brand awareness than directly converting. Doesn't mean it doesn't convert. Doesn't mean that people don't contact you through it, and you can have contact forms, etc. But often it's about brand awareness. And what I sort of see that concerns me sometimes is the sort of things that people post. Um, they're not necessarily thinking of it as a marketing tool. I don't know where the maybe it's because it's linked to their personal profile. Maybe they forget that this is their business shop window. And sometimes I'll see things posted on there that make me wince. I'll be honest. <laughs> But I think, I mean, there's two ways of doing it because you're talking about it being a shop window and you're talking about, you know, having marketing and branding and having everything on brand. The reality, though, social media is social. It's about engagement. Yeah. So if I posted a almost quite embarrassing thing or something, I was off topic, but I got loads of engagement. Surely that is better than having some beautiful page that no one engages yeah, with. Yeah, and I kind of didn't mean that because I actually 
a lot of people talk about marketing and your brand has to be consistent. And I get quite cross because I'm like, on social media, your brand has to be attention grabbing and, and constantly publishing your logo over and over again is not, it's just boring. So I actually think that social media should be attention grabbing. But I also think that I don't like marketing to be negative. So for instance, I've seen people post on their Facebook page a bit of a rant about a bad customer, for instance. And it's like, is a potential customer going to look at that and worry that you're going to talk about them? You know, one of the things in domestic cleaning is people trust us with their homes, their pets, their children, their house keys, their holiday dates, their alarm codes. So there's a massive trust thing there. And the thought of being shamed on social media would would put could potentially put clients off. So I don't mean that I want you to only post pretty things and not be engaging, but just be aware that a potential customer is looking or a potential team member is looking at your posts. But I have seen pages, maybe less so in cleaning, where people will have a rant and other people totally engage. And it's if they can make it funny, you know, just being awful yeah. doesn't ever do well. No. If you can make it funny, you're not naming and shaming or it's really shocking. People love it. So, yeah. you know, I'm not it's knowing sure. where the balance is, though, isn't it? I think. And yeah. I is it funny to... or are you just, you know, embarrassing somebody? Yeah, I mean, it depends how you do it, doesn't it? It yeah. really depends. And I've seen some where I just go, oh, you know, I get that you feel strongly about what you did. and It doesn't offend me, but I'm not sure I'd put that much of myself out there. There's, yeah. there's a limit to how much of myself I'd put on social media and having an absolute rant about something saying that i get on these podcasts and i do it don't I? yeah look what we're doing yeah. <laughs> but but also i think there's nothing wrong with being a bit personal because business is about you know especially in our you know our cleaning businesses are often you know there are babies aren't they part of the family so it's it's and it's nice for potential customers or potential team members to see that it's a family business and you know i'm not saying put your kids on your facebook page you can if you want to but you can have the right tone, can't you, about it being a family business on Facebook? All right. Let me give you an example. We discussed this in the office today, right? So this is pretty disgusting, actually. Probably should not talk about it. But it happens in domestic cleaning. Sometimes you come across things you'd rather not come across, like a pair of used pants mm -hmm. or, you know, or, yeah. or a used sanitary towel is not out of the question. I mean, I'm not sure I'd take a picture and post it. No, I would not take a picture and post it. But actually, gosh, you know, to have an anonymous, like, I like rant about that, people would find that a little funny. You could. Am I going too far? Have I gone too far? I don't know. Again, it's that thing of, you know, do you want to make potential clients feel that you're going to judge them? So, yes, they, everybody thinks it would accept that it's unacceptable to, for a used sanitary towel to be out and open in the bathroom for instance which does happen but maybe a client might think well actually does that mean that if I've left the breakfast pots I'm going to get shamed on social media or you know if my kids have left their clothes on the bedroom floor am I going to get so I think you could put people off I think it's, it has to be used really carefully yeah it depends how yeah how clean we want to be anyway that was not about where we wanted to go with the Facebook it wasn't page. no so we think a Facebook page is great <laughs> just use it with care but actually it's a really good way of of you know pe people can check you out people can find you but also it's then you can use it in other ways so you know leading on to um the next thing that we're we sort of going to touch on is Facebook groups and local Facebook groups. In so this is being covered thoroughly in the webinar because this is yeah. so powerful. And actually, yeah, we can't go into it in lots of detail, but 
it's definitely a way of using your Facebook page, isn't it, as well? Yeah. So a Facebook page, this is where I mean, it's useless until people see it. Those Facebook groups using them properly, because what I see from people when they come to me and they say, I'm struggling to market and they can do brilliant posts and it's all going beautifully. They've optimized their page. They've got reviews. They've got all the things that you need to do well on a Facebook page but nobody's finding it. So it's not doing well. And this is where I go, right, this is, so my thing is all about search engine optimization. Let's get that Facebook page, Instagram, let's get, you know, your website optimized. And the groups are just an untapped resource by most people. Yeah. I think most people look at those local Facebook groups and think, oh, they're just the place where people whinge about parking or the council or whatever it is, you know, that's going on in the local town. But it is also a place where people search for cleaners, isn't it? How many, I mean, they'll often be, does anybody know a cheap cleaner or does anybody know a reliable cleaner or however it's phrased? But there's a clever ways of using those Facebook groups. Yeah, because they ban you from advertising. So you've got to be super, super, yeah, this is where we're going to go into right what can you do to not get kicked out I haven't been kicked out of many groups recently you'll be pleased to know no I don't know I I think local groups I think you know you can treat them in 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 a clever way and you know one of the things that that um, I've done is is started a a local Facebook job group It's, it's across it's outside of that but there's there's clever ways of using Facebook groups for your business, not just for marketing for clients. You know, um, my local jobs group, and I started this eight years ago. I've got like six thousand local people on my local jobs group, and I'm going. I haven't got time to admin this, but yep, I do recruit. I, that's what I run it for because it helps my recruitment and yeah. my posts get optimized. Rough yeah. stuff to, to the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So there's lots of ways of using Facebook groups, and we will we'll cover this in more detail because it's it's too much for this podcast and um, for us to go into how we use it. But there are some really clever tips, aren't there? As to when somebody does ask for a cleaner, what do you do if there's already twenty people? that have replied which will often I love that yeah yeah they always go for me love it yeah anyway you like next door don't you oh yeah so next door it's another free one and again it's very local because one of the things about domestic cleaning is we have to be local don't we there's no point as advertising all over the country and the nice thing about the next door app is that it is literally local and people will often ask for cleaners in there. But you can also advertise in there as well as jumping on any posts for people that are asking for cleaners. It's a good way of networking with people that literally might be around the corner from you. That's really good. I got heckled in a next door group. <laughs> not, not for cleaning, I've got to say. This is this is for the beekeeping. I got heckled by the vegans in the uh, in the for selling honey. Oh, well, selling honey, promoting what was I collecting swarms? I think it was doing, but um, yeah. whatever. Next door, they like they like to be a bit more vocal. But the good news is that can be a really good thing if you're going to be engaging. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we've got so next week in the masterclass, we've got so many more um, tips. Um, there's just the list is huge. I know I've got at least twenty marketing strategies that we use all the time um, that work really well, and I'm looking forward to it. You're you're going to be um, presenting, aren't you, Louise? Yes. Am I? Yes, we go together. I'm marketing tip. Really, I'm just there to distract you, aren't I, Diane? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's written totally. We're there. Um, (laughs) Yes, we've got lots coming up there, and we haven't talked about the show, have we? No, so we were at the cleaning show, well, the cleaning expo at the weekend, weren't we? So um, out there networking and and getting the DCBN name out there into the wider community. 
Yeah, and we I was busy doing lots and lots of interviews, some really interesting people. At the show, what happens is the latest and greatest all come along and it's my job to have five minutes with them to go, right, well, what are you doing? What do we need to know about what's coming up this year? Um, and there's been some real gems. What I'm loving is some of um, carpet cleaning. Good chat with Ollie Farry. Um, yeah. He's taken the carpet cleaning world by storm. Absolutely loving some of the changes carpet cleaners may not agree with me it's a you know he's he's come up fast but in the last two years he's become the second biggest or it has not quite the second top five biggest suppliers of chemicals in the cleaning industry in the carpet cleaning industry and to do that within two years that's really impressive he's really taken it and I was there you know the old-fashioned perfume bottles you know where you squeeze a little ball oh yes yeah. really old-fashioned oh my kids were loving that I was like stop squirting the carpet cleaning chemicals on yourself they were loving those <laughs> the carpet cleaning chemicals that smell like aftershaves and perfumes and yeah, yeah. and interestingly because obviously this you know this podcast is about marketing is that's been down to marketing and branding hasn't it yeah, I mean, who would have thought that Vikings, because that's his brand, Vikings, would have done so well. And and I think he really has tapped into, I mean, the carpet cleaning world is very much, how do I say this without being rude? It's very male dominated, not to say females are not very good at it, because I believe they are. Um, but there is a lot of my equipment's bigger than your equipment. Yeah, and yeah. that's not everybody because I don't want to be rude to carpet cleaners. Um, but I think the Vikings kind of tapped into that primal urge of like my equipment, my boat's bigger than yours. My, he's got swords and war hammers. And yeah, I mean, you can see why it just hit it quite nicely, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we can all learn from that in, you know, that he knows his target market and he's yeah branded and marketing accordingly yeah I don't think it's just done well though because of the branding there's so much that goes into it I mean you can have the best branding in the world and I see this sometimes in cleaning companies best branding in the world absolutely gorgeous but that's not enough you've got to be good at what you do you've got to be good (laughs) and they've got to see you because even if Ollie was good and his branding was on point there's still so much more that goes into getting seen and um, I mean, people talk about him a lot. A lot, yeah. Who else did you chat to at the show? Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to remember names. Uh, Daniel Cross, um, he's from Tennant. Now, I like him. I've chatted to him a few times before. He's from the CSSA. I can't okay. remember. Do you remember Clean what that sounds Support about? Services Association. Thank you for saving me there. <laughs> um, he's really good. A, similar to us as a trade association, except a lot bigger. Um, he's got a lot of networking events. Obviously, he's taken over doing it up north. So I'm hoping to go along to some of the ones in Manchester um, very, very soon. Uh, they've got recognising cleaners is a really, really big thing. So we'd like to partner with some of those guys um, and get cleaners more recognised. And that brings us on to something we're going to be covering on a later podcast, awards. And for me, awards, and the reason why we started putting on our own awards is because clean to win awards, what I realised when I started winning an awards, to win, you just have to enter. You just have to nominate yourself. And most people don't nominate themselves. They don't say, I'm awesome, you know, recognise me. If you do it enough, you're going to win regardless of um you know how good you are now hopefully ours are actually a bit more unique in that you actually compete against other cleaning companies um but this is why we started putting on the awards because we wanted cleaners to 
have the practice and be familiar with nominating themselves so that they can go out and be recognized and that recognition's awesome isn't it yeah definitely and and it's it's good for them it's good for their team it's good for getting new clients it's good for recruiting and winning awards is a a brilliant marketing strategy and guess what it's free or at least cheap (laughs) yeah if you're doing the paid one don't do the paid ones um And the other thing I think about awards is that once you've been in business, often three, four or five years, and your motivation or enthusiasm for it is waning somewhat as it happens, you can get on the phone to us. But winning those awards with something you sent off two, three months ago and you're having a bit of a bad day and you get this email to be like, you're the best in the area. And you go, yeah, I am. Love that. Yeah, Yeah, it's motivational as well, isn't it? Brilliant. So I think that's a little bit for people to go on. And obviously we'll go into more detail on these strategies next week. But that's it from us today, I think. Come on the way webinar join the dcbn come on the webinar um obviously everything that we cover on the podcast is all covered on the webinar in like so much more detail so yeah join the dcbn and start joining for training thank you thank you